0: This is an audio recording from the Northwest Coalition for Healthy Intimacy. The topic is Emotional, Spiritual, and Physical Intimacy in Relationships, presented by Dr. Douglas Wise, Ph.D., at our Restoring Intimacy Conference in September 2014. Other recordings from that event are available on our website, www.healthyintimacy.net.
1: All right, well, how are you all doing? Long day, right? Up and down? Bad news, good news, right? Well, I'm here to help you with some good news. First of all, I want to say thank you for sitting in that chair for as long as you have today. Give yourself a hand. And give everybody here a hand who's helped make this possible. It's an amazing thing. Give everyone a hand. Give everyone a hand. It takes a lot of work to get this done. Now, yeah, there's a war out there, but there's also warriors. Everyone say, I am a warrior. That's right. We are the solution for this problem. Now, I've been helping people with sexual addiction for over 25 years. It's every day, it's what I do. Monday, we do three-day and five-day intensives. Some people come from all over the country and world. I had a guy from Nigeria just the other day, very successful business guy. So they come from all over to get free from sexual addiction, and they do. Well over 80, 80 I think it's 83.5, stay sober from the day they leave our office, and then. Uh, about 12% have one or two relapses, and then only about a few percent actually don't make it, most make it, because it's a treatable thing. Now, my story is I was conceived in adultery, so I get this thing from a DNA level, <laughs> okay, honestly. Okay, and then I was put in foster homes, I was sexually abused, abandoned, I get it. I was addicted to alcohol and drugs and sex. By the time I was in high school, I was living with a 23-year-old. I know what it's like to be totally out of control and crazy. I also know what it's like to be free. I've been free for over 27 years. I take a polygraph to verify that. If anyone's in my clinical team, they take a polygraph to verify that. And if if you uh, come visit us and you have a sexual addiction issue, you might take a polygraph. And to help your wife understand what you've actually done and to seek and reestablish trust because trust can be rebuilt. You can absolutely know if someone's clean. We do that every week. And so freedom is is possible and it's able to be done. Now, I want to start with some of the stuff I'm going to leave you with. Uh, I've written over almost 50 books right now i got three going to press here in a few weeks. i got another one coming out in January. It's already written. I'm working on another one right now. It's just what I do for fun. See, once you get free from addiction, you have so much bandwidth <laughs> that you got to do something with it. And so that's what I do with mine. I don't watch TV. I just write books. It's hysterical. So, so I just thought I'd go over real quick. we got the clean resources. That's if you got a church and you want to start a, just a sexual purity thing that's good for any guy. Lust-free living as well. Our free app. Everyone say free. It's over in 30 countries already. And so this has a free tip for recovering guys every day goes to their phone. You just download the app, okay? Also for the partners, the wife of a sex addict, a free, a free tip for her every day. And so you usually quote out of one of our books or workbooks or materials or just some great thought we've had. And then there's also one for marriage. So even if you've got no recovery issues, you just wanna have a great marriage, there's a free marriage tip every way, it's Dr. Doug's tips, okay? And then we got stuff on intimacy, anorexia, married and alone, intimacy, anorexia, if you're working with sexual addiction, you're gonna run into it. They're too busy for their spouse, they blame their spouse, they withhold love, praise, sex, spiritually, don't talk about their feelings, um, use anger and silence as a way to control, have ongoing criticizing of you, uh, may control around uh, money, uh, but oftentimes you feel like roommate, you feel married and alone. And if, you, if you're with the recovering community, you're going to definitely want to have that information because about one-third of them, both the, the guys and the spouses, have that issue. Um, and then we got the freedom stuff for sexual addiction, partner stuff for sexual addiction, uh, letters to my daughter. My daughter went to school. I wrote her a letter every day, and those are in that book there. And stuff for teenagers, born for war, princes and frogs. I mean, having this stuff stop with our teenagers is great. And so there's a lot of stuff over there and you're welcome to, oh, also the ASAP program. I'm the president of the American Association for Sex Addiction Therapy. If you're a therapist or or a a coach and you wanna be certified as a sexual recovery therapist, it's 45, seven DVDs now, over 200 academic references, and you will be skilled by the time you get through that process to successfully treat sex addicts, understand the six types. Now, I'm not here to talk about sex addiction. (laughs) I can do that all day, all right? But actually what I'm here for, I've also written about five or six marriage books now. I'm working on one right now. Because one of the great things uh, that this conference wants to do is not just have you have information. In this segment, I actually want you to experience. We talk about expanding the brain and attachment and all that kind of stuff, right, all day long, right? Wouldn't that be fun to actually do? You should see how you're looking at me right now. (laughs) You're like, I am not sure I want to respond to that. And as I've been here throughout the day, uh, I noticed that almost most of you, almost 85% of you, are with your spouse or a significant other, and that some of you, they're not here, or you're not married, or whatever. And if you want to connect with another person of the same gender, that's fine, because we're going to do some work. I'm going to give you tools on how to actually do this stuff, so that when you leave, you feel closer than when you left. Is that okay? See, I'm used to being talked back to. See, I'm a psychologist. And so... If you don't talk back to me, I think, woo-woo, okay, so (laughs) it's okay to nod or something, all right? Now, I know you had a long day. I I take that, and caffeine stopped about three hours ago, and I get that, and you're, like, wanting your next hit. But I want to talk about spiritual, emotional, and sexual intimacy. Because we are triune, having intimacy on all three levels is very powerful. Talk about a brain high. Wow, real intimacy is really fun. I... Anybody have a testimony they want to share? <laughs> you all know, looking like, hey, I'm just starting recovery, man. I don't got a clue what you're talking about. Okay, fine. That's fine. Okay, but anybody can have intimacy. Intimacy is a result of a known set of disciplines. Intimacy is a result of a known set of disciplines. If you're fat, you can be skinny if you change your disciplines. If you're skinny, you can get fat if you change your disciplines. If you're poor and you want to get rich, you can change your disciplines and become rich. If you're rich and you change your disciplines, you can become poor health wealth intimacy all the results once you know the set of disciplines you need to have to gain those results what i'm going to do is give you the toolkit now you decide if you go home today and use it or not that's on you but if you actually use it you can be very successful i've had couples who have not had sex in 10 and 20 years and say oh my god no that's what i mean say oh my god wow you guys are slow oh my god oh my god right oh my god 20 years without sex sleeping in the same bed Within six weeks of doing what I'm about to show you, they not only liked each other, they were having sex. Because what they did is they changed their disciplines, which gave them intimacy, which made them want to be together. Does that make sense? I mean, if you want, if you want, to, want carrot juice to taste good, just start drinking it two or three times a day. In about three or four weeks, you'll know where it's on sale. <laughs> we are adaptive neuroplastically, which, which is what we learned today, right? So we can actually adapt to a higher level of intimacy if we discipline ourselves in that manner okay so there's three three parts of it spiritual emotional and sexual okay so I thought what we do today is have a little fun and let the audience decide where we start we're gonna get it all done I got plenty of time in the next three hours to get it done <laughs> okay usually it's like a three to six hour conference I'm, I'm gonna give you just just the tools this is all tools today okay not gonna give you the whole theory and understanding of it just give you the tools but how many of you like to start with spiritual intimacy we'll start with spiritual uh, okay, how many would like to start with emotional intimacy? Okay, how about sex? You guys want to start right... To okay, <laughs> all right, you guys lost, I'm sorry, okay. All right, well then we'll start with spiritual intimacy, okay? Now, many, many of you have a faith background, what's interesting is in the faith community, even they have a misunderstanding of marriage, okay? They almost have a secular understanding of marriage. It's really funny, because in the garden, you're all familiar with the story, but oftentimes people read that story as if God stopped creating when he created woman. Now, woman is amazing, and she's unfathomable, okay? And she's magnificent, majestic, and all of her beauty and wisdom. But she's not the final creature. The final creation in Garden was marriage, where God took the man, raw material A, took Eve, raw material B, put himself in it and created a trinity on earth as it is in heaven. A three faced creature that serves and loves one another and becomes one and can multiply life. Now that'll preach. Okay, so, but, but that's what's really happening is our spiritual connectedness. So, how do we actually do that? Now, you may not have a whole lot of faith background in, uh, in AA and in recovery, you know, they have a kind of a principal way of looking at things. And, you know, they, they say there's three times to go to meeting when you want to go to meeting, when you don't want to go to meeting, and eight o'clock. And they move the addictive personality from emotions over intellect to intellect over emotions. They become principle-based instead of emotion-based. Just by getting themselves in that chair for 90 meetings in 90 days, they become principle-based in one area, one very small area of life, and then they can actually start showing up at work on time and translate it into other things, okay? So regardless of your faith background, it doesn't really matter if you had any faith. I have one guy, I was in uh, Texas for a while, and now I'm in Colorado Springs, and I'm so glad I'm in Colorado Springs, but I'll never forget him. He was about six foot three or four, and he's like, he's like, Doug, I don't, the God thing. I go, listen, I'm not talking about you coming to any kind of faith. I don't really, that's not my issue. You're a sex act. You're paying me a lot of money to help you, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray every day and ask God to keep you clean. Well, I can do that. Good. So he started doing that. About two, three, four weeks later, he's like, you know, he says, I, I still know about that God thing, but that prayer thing really works. <laughs> Okay, and he would tell me story after story after story about him praying and getting some kind of answer. Imagine that. <laughs> so let's, we're just going to rotate back and forth, guys first, girls second, back and forth like that, kind of equal opportunity to go first. All right, so now if you're not with your significant other or spouse, uh, you can do this on your own, or if you've got a, a friend you want to do this with, fine. But either way, write down the tools, because if you're not married, you want someone who can do all these tools before you do marry. Okay, you get your pens out because the next the next half hour you're going to be writing. Okay, you see I don't have a PowerPoint. That's because I'm using your pen. Your pen is my PowerPoint. <laughs> okay, so so the first one is going to be pray. So what I want you to do, uh, and we're going to literally do this. We're not going to watch me talk. We're going to literally do this. Okay, because I can tell you're in a frame of listening, student. I'm now we're going from from student to actually interacting. We're colleagues. Okay, so guys, what I want you to do is I want you to pray out loud with your spouse. And then just for about 30 seconds or maybe a whole minute if you're real spiritual, okay? And then, then ladies, I want you to pray. Now, if your spouse won't pray, just raise your hand so we know who they are. <laughs> because if you're unwilling to try new things, you can't get neuroplastic activity to move. Now, if you try a new thing, neuroplastic, neuroplasticity will start helping you. See what you learned today? Now, it's called application. Love it. Okay, so go ahead and pray.
0: Go ahead. It's Okay. You want to start with spiritual. I didn't pick it. You did. Okay, so that's the, first, so that's the beginning of spiritual intimacy this is the praying, and I would encourage you to do
1: that every day. I'm going to give you three dailies by the time we're done, and if you'll do those in the next four or five weeks, you'll have a significant shift in your marriage. Now, you can believe me or you can do them and be the first person to email me and tell me I'm wrong, Okay. But if you actually do these things, you actually get results. And it's so much cheaper than therapy. I mean, it costs a lot to talk to me. This is free, okay? (laughs) So that you can actually do this at home. What's really beautiful is principles can be transferable. You can teach your friends. You can teach your neighbors. You can teach people you care about in your spiritual community. And they can have the same results as well. Okay, now this one's a little challenging because we all know the story of the beginning. But then there was like that Chapter 3 problem where they ate the apple. That was a bummer in the whole story. Like from there on, the story just kind of took, uh, took, <laughs> took, a, took a left for quite a while, okay? And so, you know, but what happens is we all have kind of a, a, a disposition to make mistakes. Should we say it that way? How many of you are married to someone who makes mistakes? <laughs> How many of you are that person? Yeah, okay. Now, what's really funny is the way that we deal with it, because some people, the way they deal with mistakes is they don't talk about it. They go down to dysfunctional, don't talk, don't feel, don't trust rules. Okay, or they stuff it, or the worst is, we can talk about your mistakes, but we never talk about my mistakes, because your mistakes are really bigger, right? And so what happens is it becomes this unauthentic dishonesty inside of a marriage, or inside of a relationship, because we can't be authentic, because you can only be authentic if you're honest about both sides of you. If you're only honest about the good side of you, that's awesome, it's just not real. So then you'll teach your kids to be weird. (laughs) No, I didn't do it. It's on camera, I saw you did it. (laughs) Something's wrong with that camera. (laughs) Right? Especially if people with anorexia, they have real hard times being wrong because there's the good box, bad box, or an object relationship with self. Okay, and so they have a difficult being flawed and loved. They're flawed or loved. Okay, but we're all flawed and loved because we're flawed. (laughs) Yes or no? Yes. Yes, okay. And that makes you healthy. Okay, good. So. We all make mistakes in marriage, so what I want you to do is I want you to think of two, you know, kind of small to medium size, nothing really super big, okay? Because I want someone crying on the floor, okay? (laughs) Mess up the whole day. All right. so, but what I want you to do is a small or medium kind of just, you know, mistakes that you make. These could be attitudes. These could be beliefs. These could be actual behaviors. These could be things you, you know, consistently forget to grow up in. Whatever it is, just think for about another 30 seconds because part of us having spiritual connectedness is having authenticness. And what I find is that some people have difficulties admitting that they're wrong, admitting that they're flawed, to the person who knows they're flawed. Like we just know, how many of you know your spouse is flawed? (laughs) Right, it's not like a secret. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Don't tell the kids. Okay, I think they kind of know, you know, okay. And it's good for them to know because then they can be flawed and loved. And when they accept that they're flawed and loved, they can be honest about when they make mistakes. Okay? All right, so who was first last time? Guys. So girls, you're up first. Ladies. So here's what I want you to do. Now, this is going to take eye contact. Everyone say eye contact. Eye. That means you're looking at each other, not shoes, not knees, not lights, not rugs, each other's eyes. Okay? So got, ladies, you're going to look into your husband's eyes. And Here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, you know, I'd like you to forgive me for dot, dot, dot. Now, guys and ladies, you have two responses. I forgive you or I need more time, that's it, not tell me more, <laughs> dig deeper buddy, not sure I quite get what you're saying, right, so none of that, just I forgive you, or I need more time, so then you'll do your two ladies, and then when you're done with your two, the guys will do their two, okay, stop looking at me, and look at each other now, okay,
0: and if your spouse isn't here, you can do this when you go home, I'm sure they'll be surprised, okay, okay, <laughs> All right, how was that? Anybody die? How many of you feel
1: a little closer to your spouse now than you did just 10 minutes ago? See, it's already working. You see how this works? And if you have a lifestyle of this, you could have a lifestyle of closeness. And I'm not only, I'm only going to start with the first part. If you'll do what I'm asking you to do, you'll have great sex. Uh. (laughs) Okay, but that's like in 15 more minutes. So hang. (laughs) You walk out now, you keep getting what you got okay so you might just hang for 15 more minutes okay all right now so that's the spiritual that's spiritual intimacy praying together and confessing and being honest that that'll help you stay spiritually stronger and connected to each other and that is a great fortifier against any addictive process being authentic because addictions usually are trying to medicate something you're trying not to be honest about whether it's past abuse pain or present in, uh uh flaws that you got going on okay being authentic can help heal that now emotional intimacy let's go down that road for a minute now I have four degrees like many of the people up here they you know they got lots of degrees well you know we do that thing okay and so you would think somewhere along the way that someone would have taught me how to do emotions like two of mine are in bible and two of them are in uh, counseling I got two counseling degrees and that one class in emotions actually got a new book coming out in January called emotional fitness definitely I'm going to give you a little tease but this will help but nowhere in our culture, think about it. Where do you get taught to become emotionally literate, fluent, and competent and strong? You high school? <laughs> that ain't gonna work. College? No? Church? Synagogue? Okay, maybe therapy if you go to a decent therapist. Okay, you can always tell those Hollywood stars who went to therapy. I feel this. I feel that. Like you could just—they like, came out of the rehab. Okay, but there's not a lot of places, just generally speaking, where you get emotionally skilled. And yet we're emotional beings, and that's what we're being talked about all day long. The w- what separates us, what makes us amazing, is our ability to feel and emote. And yet you would think, if that was the amazing part of us, the special part of us, there'd be some kind of training, right? That would only make sense. We don't make sense in Western culture. <laughs> okay? We just need to make sure you have a job. We don't really care how you feel about it. <laughs> right? It's just part of the, the funness of our culture. Okay? So I want to give you a skill. So this you have to write down, because I didn't bring my little feeling sheet. Okay? So I'm going to just write this down. Now, if you want a feeling sheet, it's about 200 lists of feelings. Just email, email me. Go to drdougweiss.com send me an email say feelings list and we'll get you a feelings list okay but i'm going to hand them to you today so here's what you got to write down they write this down i feel blank when i first remember feeling blank when those two sentences now i'm going to give you some guidelines before we start this exercise really important to follow these guidelines now these exercises i'm giving you i've been doing these exercises for over 25 years of my own marriage Okay, and whether, uh, whether I'm in South America, whether I'm in, doesn't matter where I am. Tampa, Canada, uh, Europe, it doesn't matter. I call my wife and we do these three daily exercises. Okay, now for the first three months, you do it where you get the list, and you just point and go down the feelings so you can develop your emotional vocabulary. After that, just do two, two feelings from your day. Because once you become emotionally literate, then you're, you're able to start becoming emotionally strong and you can actually switch your emotions at will once you're able to do that, it doesn't matter what goes on around you because what's inside of you is in control of you. You can control what's inside there instead of constantly being a reaction to what's going on around you. Very fun thing to do. Now, okay, so uh, let's see. Uh, guys, you can be first. So let's do something easy for you guys. Um, let's see. I feel calm. Guys, you have the word calm. Okay? Ladies, you have the, you have the word fascinated. <laughs> and if you're married, that should be easy. Okay? Now... So let me give you the guidelines, though. Rule number one, so maybe we'll write these down real quick as well. If you get this sheet from me, it's on the sheet, but um, no examples about each other. What you do not do is, I feel frustrated when you, you don't do that. You can feel frustrated about the kids, dogs, outlaws, politics, potholes, anything outside the relationship, not each other. Maintain eye contact. Number two, maintain eye contact when you're sharing your feelings. And number three, no feedback. Don't say, dig, you know, dig deeper. Tell me more. Explain that further. Just listen to the other person. Uh, what's your name? Just pick a random feeling. Sad. Happy. Happy. <laughs> a little bipolar issue. Okay. Okay. All right. So happy. No, no, I didn't. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. That was an interpretation. I just honestly didn't hear you. Okay. Um, okay. So happy. I'll pick that one. Okay. Because I don't do sad very often. So happy. I feel, I feel happy anytime my daughter is doing something successful. She did her first international TV show with me just recently and I felt very happy uh, with how she did on that. And she wrote an article this week in a, in a magazine she's working for in a school paper and I felt happy, I feel happy when the, she succeeds. I first remember feeling happy when I got my 10-speed bike because I wanted it so badly, that's why it sticks out. And it was one of, those, some of you are too young to remember, but remember when they first came out the 10-speed bike when they had those little ram horn things? That was power raw power. I had 10 gears, okay, and I was very happy when I saw that thing on Christmas Day, and I was probably like 12, 13, somewhere in there, maybe 14. And so, um, so one is present tense, one is under the age of 18. Okay, so remember the feeling words I just gave you. Think about two sentences. Give yourself a, a minute or two here. I first feel, I feel that feeling when, present tense. I first remember feeling that feeling under the age of 18. And when you're ready, kind of tap your partner. And when you're both ready, go ahead and do
0: it with each other. This one's gonna take a little longer than than the others. All right, now if you're done, if you're not done, keep working. But if you are done, ladies, you get
1: delighted. Guys, you get overwhelmed and go to your second one, okay?
0: Delighted and overwhelmed. All right, good. How many of you feel a little
1: closer now? Okay, that was work though, right? That was work. And if you want to become emotionally fit, you have to work at it. Or you can stay emotionally unfit and raise your kids that way. And then wonder why they're slamming doors and coming up with new funny names, right? Okay, most of us have very limited emotional categories. Once you take that and you spread it out, you get up to about 100, you're really skilled and you can separate things really quickly. And in then in the new book, I'm going to actually teach you how to take that to a whole nother level. Okay, so that's part of emotional fitness. Okay, and part of emotional intimacy is being able to share your feelings. Okay, we're talking about addiction. Addiction is avoiding feeling and medicating when you do feel. So part of recovery is feeling and talking about what you're feeling as you're feeling it so that you don't need to have that other medicine you can actually feel the reinforcement of an intimate relationship which is very powerful okay and so and it's and i do these we do these all we've done for 25 plus years okay i designed this exercise for me i mean, yeah, i told you my story there's no way i learned how to be emotionally literate i never even met my dad i mean how could i you know emotions that was nothing i didn't even think about that Okay? I didn't think about a feeling until maybe a master's level. I got my master's program for counseling I thought about feelings, because I thought, I'm going to be doing this for a living. I should probably figure this out. So I went home and I developed this exercise for me, because my professors weren't teaching me. Okay? And so the next part of this, though, is really helpful. So another part of emotional intimacy is the ability to praise and receive praise. All of us like to be praised. All of us deserve to be praised. Okay? But some of us are unskilled at either or both. Again, there's not, a, there's not a praise class you got in high school, was there? How to do praise appropriately, okay? So I want to teach you this skill, and some people are good at giving it, but they're really awful at receiving it. And Then what happens is the spouse is pouring it in, but they got the bottle cap closed, so it just kind of goes outside and never goes in. And then you never appreciate me. Well, that sounds like a real fun conversation, okay? And so we want to help you with that. So I want you to think of... Two things you love, like, or appreciate about your spouse or of your significant other, however you're doing it. Two things you love, like, or appreciate about them. Now, I lost track of who went first. Guys, girls, guys. So we're up to the ladies, right? I think, are ladies first now? Why are ladies so not honest about this, okay? <laughs> yes, you're first. Okay. So here's what I'm going to have you do. All right, by now you have two in your, your brain, I hope, okay? Okay. Um, And i didn't tell you this but nothing you do in this session counts for today it counts once you do it tonight (laughs) and tomorrow and the next day and the next day this is just practice okay all right so i want you so ladies what i want you to do is you're going to give your your spouse a, a praise what i want you to do is say however you say it i love like appreciate or value any one of those words fine dot 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 about you now guys really important when you let it into your heart that's below your shoulders you say thank you so she gets a receipt for the deposit she just made and then guys you give her one back and we love like or appreciate value dot, dot dot about you and then ladies you say thank you and then you give a second one to him he gives a second one to you so ping pong back and forth eye
0: contact with each other all right how was that
1: How many of you feel closer to your spouse right now than you did like before 15 minutes ago? Raise your hand, raise your hand. Okay, most of you. How many of you like to feel the way you feel right now every day? You'd like to feel the way you do. Okay, all you have to do is what I just told you to do. See, the reason you feel the way you feel is because of what you did. Intimacy and closeness is a result of what you actually do. And if you do those disciplines, you can feel this way every day. I feel this way every day. I get told something wonderful about me every day by the most beautiful woman God made for me. That's a pretty cool deal, okay? So, but now if you don't, you won't, okay? So we call them the three dailies. It's two feelings, two praises, and prayer every day. All you gotta do is look at your hand. Two feelings, two praises, and prayer every day. If you'll do that, you'll have intimacy, and your neuroplasticness will work for you instead of against you. You'll start hungering for intimacy. You'll start desiring to be closer. You'll start wanting to be connected because you are connecting yourself intentionally intimacy is not an accident it's not for the rich the beautiful or whatever you come up with it's for the disciplined actually i deal with a lot of the rich and the and the beautiful and they don't have any intimacy either because they don't have discipline you can be disciplined in one area you can be a triathlete but be financially clueless right you can be overextended in one area but be clueless in another area and in marriage marriage is a discipline and if you do it well you have those results and you guys are seeing results as someone gets to about 40 50 and 60 right how well they take care of their bodies how well they take care of their finances how well they take care of their self okay and so you know i don't, I don't mind being over 50 but i want to still take care of myself you know which i'm saying so that i can keep doing better and better have fun i intend to have fun the rest of my life that's what i told my wife till death do us part baby okay now so uh let's talk about sex Okay, so if you do those three exercises, you can have the foundation of intimacy. Now, that foundation is critical to have great sex life. Because sex is spirit, soul, and body. That's the way it's designed. It is not a physical act because you're a triune being. Okay? Because you're a triune being, it's a triune act. Does that make sense? Does that make sense, class? No? Okay. So if you're spirit, soul, and body, then what happens is if you're having sex with someone else, it's a spirit, soul, and body activity. Boom. Okay, two spirits, two souls, two bodies becoming one, bang. Makes you want to shout right there, doesn't it? <laughs> so you like, what is he talking about? Okay, so, okay, so, we'll, we'll help you later. Okay, so, you know all that stuff you've been learning about the brain? Let me tell you the good news of how your brain is made for sex. So you've been hearing the bad news all day long, okay, how it attaches and gets hijacked and all that kind of stuff, right? But that's actually the good news. Okay, the good news is if you're married and you're having sex, I'm going to give you three tips here in a minute, the right way, you can actually utilize the way you were created sexually and maximize it for pleasure and fun. Okay, when you have a sexual release, you get the endorphins, the kephalins, it's the excitement center of your brain, boom, you literally glue and attach to whatever you're looking at. Ring the bell, feed the dog, ring the bell, feed the dog. (laughs) That's how teenagers become porn addicts. It's real simple, classical conditioning stuff. Okay, however, you know, You can actually utilize this system yourself. Okay now ladies, the good news for you is it doesn't matter what your body looks like, doesn't matter what your hair color is, doesn't matter how many wrinkles you got, if he's doing sex right, he will think you are so hot till death because you're literally glued to whatever it is, doesn't matter whatever it is. It just doesn't matter. So you can turn on the lights and you know all that kind of stuff and be all right about it. Okay and guys if you're doing this, what I'm going to suggest here, you're going to have more relational powerful sex than ever in your life because you won't be able to disconnect during sex because it takes more IQ than you have to do that. (laughs) Okay? So let me give you these three tips so no one is embarrassed for writing them down. Because some people are like really anxious. There's some pens that are just like this right now. Okay? So get yours or get your little laptop, your cell phone, whatever you got so at least it looks like you're participating. And write down these three tips. Eyes open eyes open, so when you're having sex, you're looking into each other's eyes, you're look, you know, if the per, uh, position permits, look into each other's eyes, because you want to connect to the soul and the being of the person, okay, so no closed-eye sex, because if the closed eyes, then the guy can be thinking about something else, not you, you could be thinking about dishes, <laughs> okay, and so you're not going to glue to who they are, you're going to be distracted, okay, because you're not looking at what's in front of you, or who's in front of you, okay, so eyes open, lights on, second rule is lights on, and it doesn't have to be theatrical lighting, just simple candles, <laughs> fine, okay, that's fine, as long as you can behold each other and be beheld by the other person, okay? Third is nurturing conversation. I'm not talking about dirty talk, I'm not talking about something that degrades the spirit or the soul of the person, I'm talking about something really beautiful and fun and encouraging and celebratory of the other person, who they are, the fun you're having, their body, all of that, okay, because Sex is a communication and, and, and silent sex is really the worst type of sex because then, then someone's got to be creating something else in their brain for what the absence of communication, okay? So you want to be talking to each other. Now that may be uncomfortable. All of this may be uncomfortable because you've been having sex wrong for so long. If you're having closed eyes, don't talk, silent sex, hope that was good for you, ma'am, that kind of sex, you're not really benefited from the way you're designed. Spirit, soul, body, or neurologically. Does that make sense? So go home and try this for a few weeks and, and, and a little bit, and you tell me if I'm wrong. I've never had an email, Doug. I've been doing that eyes-open, lights-on, nurturing conversation for a whole month now, and that's just not as good as it used to be. It's <laughs> usually like, oh, my God, what have we been doing all these years? This is so cool. This is so fun. I really like looking at them, okay? So get try it, and again, utilize the information you got today. Take this neuroplastic idea that you can continue to grow in any area of your life you choose to, and choose to grow sexually. Make a deliberate choice. Because sex is an ongoing development process of the human being. It doesn't stop at 18 when you get to certain pubic hairs, it doesn't. Sexual expression and sexual learning and sexual development is till death. Somebody get excited in this room other than me. <laughs> you look so <laughs> bored. See, I, you know why I'm so excited? I've been doing it right for so long. I know what I'm talking about. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, if I do this one in 30 years, going to die. Okay, you might be doing it wrong, okay? <laughs> so let me give you some some, some really good ideas here, okay? Because I work with couples, you know, we do intensives and in recovery, there's his recovery, there's her recovery, and there's marriage recovery. And part of that redemptive process is the area of sexuality. And what I find, which is really amazing, even in very healthy couples, um, that they tend to argue about sexuality for decades, about what they can and can't do, will and, want, will and won't do, and all that kind of stuff, what's acceptable, not acceptable, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I have a kind of a simple concept, and this is in the Intimacy 100-Day Guidebook. And if we run out of anything, if you'll order it either here and pay for it and write ship, we'll ship it to you Monday, no no charge. Or if you go on the Internet before Monday, that's like midnight Sunday, uh, they won't charge you any shipping either. Just say conference, and they'll know that I ran out of it, and that's fine. Okay, I'm not ADD, don't worry. So I went... <laughs> So going back, I'm going to give you a couple ideas. The first idea is what I call the garden, okay? Now the garden is a place between a husband and wife, okay, and you actually decide what's in the garden. Instead of fussing and manipulating and crying and getting to bed early and doing all that kind of crazy stuff to get out of or into things, you can actually create a a, a discussion, a communication about what's acceptable to us, what works for us as a couple. Now what works for you is it going to work for your neighbors. They like Italian food, you like Korean food. You're different people, different strokes, that's okay. But as long as you're in agreement, it'll work, okay? Now, if you're a recovering person, you spent you know thousands of hours watching pornography, you might have to consider that your idea may be skewed, okay? And that your spouse may not be able to do half of the things that you've created or, or these people have done. And it's not supposed to either, because that's non-relational, it's object sex. I'm talking about relational sex. So what you do is you create your garden. Now your garden has basically three columns to it. Okay, so if you're drawing it, there would be column one, two, and three. In the first column would be some basic categories. Okay, positions, places, and acts. Those would be your three kind of general categories. Okay, now I would come up with positions you can still physically do. Some of you look like you got a little gray on the top. Okay, so you know consider your own flexibility and reason. Okay, all right, now the, the second column would be at the top of it would be he votes and the third column would be she votes and there's three different kinds of votes okay there is yes i think that's a great idea okay that's a good vote no that is absolutely not a good idea and w is when i want to i'll bring that to the garden so let me give you an example of the, how the vote thing works let's suppose we're talking about lingerie i'm talking about the woman wearing lingerie okay <laughs> You have to say that nowadays, okay? <laughs> you just do. So I'm talking about her wearing lingerie. So she wants to wear lingerie. So, so lingerie is the, the, the thing we're talking about. That's under acts, okay? Lingerie, okay? So he votes yes, you look great in lingerie, and she votes yes, I look great in lingerie, got a budget, I want to have fun with that, and I look, I'm amazing. Okay, they're in agreement, it works. May not work for you, it's their garden, lingerie's in. Okay, now don't involve pornography or other people. That's not in your garden, that's outside the garden, you get in trouble there for sure. So the... So lingerie, yes, yes, that's in the garden, okay? And maybe it's a a combination vote where he says, you look great, and she's like, "Ah, I feel kind of weird or cheap or, you know, kind of, it's just not me. Okay, well, then it's a no, okay? Or maybe she says, yes, I look great, and he's like... (laughs) He's really struggling with authenticity right then, okay? (laughs) So either way, that'd be an X, Okay? That would not be in the garden, okay? And they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth, but get over it. It's just not in the garden. You know, if you had a banana 20 years ago outside the garden, you should have married the banana, okay? Because maybe your garden doesn't have a banana. You understand what I'm saying, right? Somebody's like, where did we just go? Okay. Talk to your neighbor and figure it out later. Okay, so the third type of vote is yes, W, or W, yes. He might say, yes, you look great in, in lingerie, and she's like, you know, it doesn't really do much for me, but if it really rocks your world, I'll do that periodically, but I'll bring it to the garden. You don't ask. Now, if you vote W, though, you declare frequency because, you know, he might be thinking, you know, once a week or every other week, and you're thinking every 10th anniversary, <laughs> okay? So just be clear on what the frequency is so we're all on the same page, or vice versa. He might have a, a thing where he, he brings that to the garden, when, and you just keep your word when you're doing that. Okay, now we're not going to do that here in session, so don't worry about it. But I do think it's something that for you to do, to have sexual harmony, is to be in agreement generally with what what the parameters are for that. And then I wrote a book after that called The Ten Minute Marriage, and we added a category called Experimenting. Now, Experimenting is when you both are willing and okay with it. It's not one person strong-arming the other person into something. Okay, That's called manipulation. You don't want to do that in your sexuality. Okay? So, but if you actually, you know, so you both say, hey, let's, let's have, you know, let's have, uh, let's, you know, fill a tub up with Jello and have sex, okay? That may look good on paper, <laughs> okay? But sex, I mean, Jello is cold. <laughs> okay, so you have your experiment and then you get to vote on whether you want to do that again. <laughs> but you get the general idea, or maybe a certain place or whatever, and you say, okay, that works and, and maybe it didn't work, okay? So that can, you can add that column in the 10-minute marriage book, okay? So that's your garden, and you can figure that out. And once you're in agreement, then fine. The last idea I want to share with you is very, very powerful. And I would consider, uh, ladies, really listen to me for a second here. When you leave today, this may be the favorite idea your husband has heard all day long. But I don't want you to agree to this till you get 30 days of him doing two feelings, two praises, and prayer. And I don't mean twice in 30 days. I mean 30 days in a row. Because unless you're spiritually and emotionally mature, this idea will falter. Okay? And this idea is really very powerful. Okay, I call it a sexual agreement. It's in the Intimacy Book. It's in Sex, Men, and God. It's in a few things. And so what we do here, instead of arguing about sexual frequency for decades and decades and decades, we actually have a conversation and we try to figure this thing out. Now let me tell you why this works first. Um, Men have... Uh, sexual anxiety. Let's compare it to food anxiety. Like right now, some guys are really thinking about food. You know, it's almost five o'clock, and hey, let's get some steak on a grill. Something's got to happen, okay? And here's the way you increase food anxiety. Try it on your sons. Give no information when food is about to occur. (laughs) And watch the male anxiety just go up, 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 up. Your girls, they won't care. The guys, mom, Seriously, when are we going to eat? <laughs> I'm talking about a six-year-old. Okay, I'm not talking about a 40-year-old. I'm talking about a six-year-old. So the way you increase anxiety is to give no information. Okay. So with a sexual agreement you can reduce anxiety because there's clear clarity on information. So it works for them. Women have what we call reverse sexual anxiety. They would like to know when sex is not going to happen. <laughs> they would like to know that massage is just Goodwill, (laughs) not a warm-up. They would like to know that you actually put the dishes away because you love them, not because you're trying to get brownie points. Okay? And it allows them to also know when sex is going to happen and for them to have some uh, ability to know when that's going to happen. So we call it a sexual agreement. Pretty simple concept, but powerful. What you do is first establish your frequency. So how often do you want to have sex? Once a week, twice a week, three times a week, four times a week, Whatever as long as you're both in agreement, kind of get on agreement. So she's at four and you're at two, either go to three or on her week four and his week two. Okay, however you want to come into agreement on the number is fine. Now if your sexuality is working so well, don't screw it up. But most people are really benefited by having an agreement. Okay, so what you do is figure out your frequency. Number one, figure out your frequency. Number two, um, you need to have some way of managing your frequency. Life is so much about management, relationships, money, time, everything, okay? Sex is part of that. Now, some people, it's like, you know, between all the things they got, they got teenagers running in five different directions and all this kind of stuff, they just literally they pick days, <laughs> Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, maybe, okay? And that's the way they do it. Some people just split the week. You get Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I get Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Wednesday's anybody's or nobody's, depending on frequency level, okay, all right? Then the, the another thing is some people just rotate weeks, he gets the first week and the third week, she gets the second week and fourth week, and they just rotate that back and forth, back and forth, so they always know who's supposed to be asking. Now, there's one flawed thing about this system, though, and that is you have to be able to ask. So here's what we're gonna do. Now, only if you're married. If you're not married, don't do this exercise, okay? So who's up, by the way? Men are up. Well, oh, this would be easy for you guys, right? Not always, some guys have difficulty asking, like rub your head or your feet or turn the pillow or flip a switch, they kind of have like primitive ways of getting it done, okay? This is Sexual Assertiveness Training 101, okay? So here's what I want you guys to do. You're going to ask your wife to, to be sexual in some clear way three times. Now, here's what I don't want. I don't want anything vague. Want to go upstairs? They don't know if they're getting a paintbrush or sex, honestly, so you've got to be a little more clear than that. I also don't want you statements. Do you want to have sex? Own your own sexuality. I want to be sexual with you. I want to make love to you. I want to be physically intimate with you. I want to take you upstairs, take your clothes off. That's all clear, Okay? So now, the guys are going to ask three times. Now, ladies, I want you to respond in the positive zone, not neutral zone. Neutral zone's like, sure, okay. I want you to go higher than that. Great, awesome, love to. Glad you thought of that. I was just thinking the same thing, okay? <laughs> okay. So kind of go up in that zone. The energy should be awesome. That's the pitch you're going for, okay? So guys, you're going to ask three times, and then ladies, you're going to ask him three times so that you can ask as well. Okay, so face each other right now.
0: If you're not married, don't do this. Alright, how many of you feel a
1: little close to your spouse now, right? Now for some of you, that was the hardest thing you've done. If that's you, that means that muscle's weak. Okay, and the only way it's going to get stronger is if you actually practice this every day for about two weeks until you can say, I want sex, like saying, I want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. When you can say, I want sex, like I want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you're healed. (laughs) Okay? Otherwise, your spouse is going to have to compensate for your underdevelopment for the next 10 or 15, 20, 30 years. Okay? And that's unkind to do, so develop your muscles so that they don't have to do that. Okay? So then the third part of the uh, sexual agreement. Okay, so you have frequency. You have some kind of management or establishing a, a way of figuring that out. And then uh, the third part is setting up a consequence. Okay, now you set your own consequence. Guy sets his, she sets hers. Maybe he details her car. Maybe she gives him a 30 minute back rub or, or maybe they you know, give money to a political party they don't vote for or I don't care. <laughs> it just has to sting, okay? So it's okay to say no, but then he's like, you know what? I'm so mad at you, I would rather clean the garage and have sex with you. Okay, that's legitimate anger, <laughs> okay? And then you probably want to resolve that, okay, eventually. Okay, but just kind of, well, you know, doing the emotional thing back, that gets really insane. Okay, now, you know, be sensitive to health and menstrual cycles and things like that and come up with a contingency issue on that. All right, but does this make sense? You can have a garden, which clarifies what is. You can have an agreement. Once you have the intimacy built up emotionally and spiritually, you'll be able to maintain this. You can have an agreement, and you can actually have a fantastic sex life your entire life and know when you're going to have sex. I know when I'm going to have sex. It is so awesome. Okay, especially when it's my week. Okay, <laughs> okay. so, but it, it's great. And so, and if you have small children, guys, put your children to bed because your wives get tired if they put the kids to bed. Okay, guys, don't get tired putting their kids to bed. It just doesn't bother us. Okay, especially if you think you're having sex. So it's great. Okay, so. Now has this been helpful for you? How many of you this has been helpful? Just this little conversation we've had. Okay, now you feel different because you've done different. Okay, and what you've learned today, all the way up and down on the bad side good side, is basically this. Okay, repetitive behaviors give you what you want. Okay, so if you repeat these behaviors again and again, you'll have more intimacy and connection and possibly a better sex life. If you don't, you'll have exactly the behaviors you're repeating right now. Does that make sense? Okay, so I know you came uh, for just, you know, learn about all this stuff, but one of the things that this conference went to give you was the gift of you having a better life you're the warriors. If you're not strong, this battle gets weaker and weaker and weaker. Right? If I don't have a good marriage, it gets weaker and weaker and weaker. So I work on my marriage consistently so it stays strong, so that I can go to war against the culture. You know, some of these people you were quoting, um, I, I had on Dr. Phil. Dr. Lee, the guy who wrote that book, I, he was on Dr. Phil with me, and he was kind of silly. And then there was a, a lady from the Kinsey Institute. She was with, on Katie Kirk with me just a few months ago, and she looked, like a, she looked silly, the things she was saying because they're not used to being talked back to. Okay? And I'm at war, so I talk back. Katie was kind of like all flustered because I was off script. I don't have a script. I'm at war. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Okay? I, didn't, I don't have notes. I'm not looking at notes to help you get through this today. This is stuff is inside of me. So what I do every day is help people have incredible marriages, help people recover from sexual addiction, help partners. Uh, honor their pain and be able to move through it and be able to become an incredible women again and, and w- without having to, you know, feel like this is the only thing in their life, okay? This is fun for me, seeing this happen. So again, I wanna, th- I wanna thank you for uh, bringing that, you wanna give her another hand uh, for Karen and just thank her for <laughs> Karen Porter, one of, the, one of the warriors in Portland. And so I'm gonna turn it back over to you, I guess. All right, so why don't you come up and uh,
0: thank you all very much. You have been listening to an audio recording from the Northwest Coalition for Healthy Intimacy. For more information or other recordings, please visit our website at www.healthyintimacy.net. Thank you for listening.